Welcome to MTG Off the Record, Episode 3, featuring Shaheen Sarani, myself, and the Brian Rondoon. We are here after a series of unfortunate events, um, specifically team events, and the reason why we've been kind of MIA is because of uh, constant travel. Uh, Brian, of course, is a, a veteran traveler, veteran explorer, if you veteran will. Veteran motorist. Veteran do you drive to these events? You fly. I guess, I, you know. I drive to some. I guess the mo- there are motors in place but, as well. But, see, veteran motorists' creature type is pilot, so yeah. a little implied flying there that's as well. Good. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. So, that being said, um, a, lot of <laughs> a lot of events have caused us to not really have a whole lot of time to record a podcast, and um, we have had a couple-week break now where we're refreshed. New sets out, new announcements are out, um, crazy things have happened in the community when, uh, you know, when you thought they couldn't make any other really controversial decisions more been made, and we're going to get to those in the past today. So, first topic, Brian, tell me about your experiences with Pascal Menard, our <clears throat> Canadian-French brother. Yep, and myself here at the uh, Team Unified Modern Grand Prix, and just uh, give us a little bit of a recap on how that went. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, a little highs and lows kind of tale, uh, story of glory, and then uh, getting crapped on. Actually, is the other part <laughs> of the story. So yeah, we uh, we started out. So they're back to back Team GPs, one in San Antonio. Unified modern, basically uh, everyone has a modern deck. You can't overlap on any cards. Um, you can't even, like, if one person's playing uh, one Blood Crypt, then nobody else can play any copies of Blood Crypt, that kind of a thing. So uh, we ended up playing, uh, I, I played Death Shadow Zoo. Shaheen obviously played uh, Blue Eye Control. And then Pascal played Clark Clan Ironworks, which he's written a couple articles about that deck on Channel Fireball. Um, if you want or interested in, in his Kark Clan Ironworks deck. Uh, but we ended up starting out, what was it, 10 and 1? Uh, yeah. 10 and 1. We needed a uh, roughly X2 and 1 finish to top 4. So if we could go 1, 1, and 1 or better in our next three matches, uh, we probably would have made it. So we probably we pretty much just had two win and ends in a row. Um Obviously, we lost both, and then, for good measure, also lost the last round when we were playing for fifth place, so... Yeah. Yeah. It was a rough. It was a rough series of uh, rounds, and, like, you know, it's it's fun, because, like, this is, like, you know, three, three losses in a row going 10-1-0-3, it, like, has this kind of way to, like, really, like, pop and burst your bubble there. It's not like it could happen two weeks in a row either, right? Yeah, I mean, that would like, be... That would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. But, you know, we whatever. We went 10-4, 10-1 to 10-4. Kind of a disappointing result. We did cash, but that's not what we were after uh, with that kind of a start. Uh, but thankfully, next week was 
team limited, Mexico City. Running back the same team, BBD, Shaheen, and Pascal. And, uh, yeah, we had some, we had a little bit of early issues. I don't know if you want to talk about some of those. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm always, always having some airport drama. I've uh, been randomly selected for searches pretty often, and there's a whole <laughs> few other stories there for that. Um, Brian actually has a pretty entertaining, uh, you know, uh, he was a pretty entertaining witness to an event in uh, Sao Paulo when I was trying to fly back. I think we were in Peru, actually, for a connecting flight. Yeah, we were in Peru at the time. So, I mean, I'm just, my name doesn't really uh, bode well in the airports, but that's neither here nor there. No, 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 no. we didn't tell that story. So, (laughs) Shaheen had, like, some amount of status with whatever airline we were flying, and they made an announcement, like, Shaheen Sarani, could you come up to the desk? And And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get upgraded. This is going to be nice. And then, like, I didn't see him for, like, five minutes, so I was, like, wondering what was going on. So I decided to walk by the desk, and I just saw him with his bag open getting randomly selected for a bag search. I think he's doing quotes from uh, Roanoke there. Oh, I was doing some air quotes for the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's random. I really do believe it's random. It just happens to be... (laughs) Every time I go to the airport, so it's kind of strange. Yeah, it's it's really um, it, it's random. You're randomly selected amongst all the brown people <laughs> aboard the flight. So everyone from the Middle East is they pull them and then they randomly select. However, I was born in Norfolk, Virginia, and um, just happened to have you know some different descent that people just don't enjoy. But it's okay, you know. It's yeah. just part of the territory. So I basically uh, you know signed up for this event. Uh, and every other team event for the rest of uh, Brian's life. Um, you know, so, so basically, he's just locked in. Yeah, I got, uh, I got, I got hooked early, and I just—it's <laughs> really unfortunate, but I cannot get out of this. No, no, he's anchored, anchored for life. Um, so you know, we're going to Mexico City, and they're already there. They actually play tests uh, for about uh, a week here. They're in San Antonio, and they're going to go straight to Mexico City from there. Yeah, and you know, I, I teach, so I can't really take off that kind of time. Um, so I'm meeting them there Friday. I have an early flight. I get to the airport. It's canceled. I start freaking out, but luckily they place me on a different flight that leaves at five o'clock. Uh, fast forward to a five and a half hour delay. Uh, I missed my flight, my connecting flight. So basically my 33 year old self sleeps on the hard rock airport at Atlanta, um, on the floor, uh, sleep for like a couple hours, uh, you know, miserable. One of the, you know, I promised myself I would never do this again since I was like a 20 year old kid. Did. Um, got on a flight the first thing in the morning, got to the airport, paid the uh, Mexican cab driver double the pesos if he starts going through red lights and speed. So he's like flying through traffic, speeding, getting me to the site. I jump out, run into the hotel, run up the stairs. Apparently there's an elevator, like Brian told me, but I decided to go with the stair route. Um, for some reason, so I run up the stairs, get there with 40 minutes and 5 seconds left on the clock for round 1. Yep. So I was able to play round 1. Now, you know, the hero enters the arena, you know? I was going to join in, play the match, win, and then it was just like it never happened. Like, me being late never happened. Other than uh, us having to build three decks with two people, which it oh, yeah. was actually re- much more difficult than I expected... Uh, we definitely misbuilt Shaheen's deck by a couple of cards because we just didn't have time to like put it all together, and 
we had to register three different decks too, which took like ten minutes or more. Uh, just a lot of a lot of issues with only having two people to register. Oh yeah, and people that play sealed, you guys know how hard it is to register a deck, let alone you know three decks with that many uh, cards in the pool. So yeah, it was tough. But anyway, so I, I you know I get there after they build this deck for me, and they did a pretty good job building, you know, considering all things, and um, I uh, get smashed. It wasn't a uh, Hollywood beautiful story. So <laughs> I get smashed, but we win that round anyway. So uh, I basically got to join the team, and we end up 7-2 and two day one. Yeah. A few cards off. I don't know if our audience knows the card Night Market Guard. Um, <laughs> but it's a pretty have, beautiful card. Yeah, you know, when you have 12 packs to build with, um, they decided that, you know, the best course of action would be to build two strong decks and then one weaker deck, which is not the best way to go because there was no guarantee that I was going to make it there in time. So they were going to have to play uh, one hand short um, to win their, and they have to win their round. So it's completely understandable. So I was splashing green in this three-color deck. I was splashing green for two green mana producers. Um, <laughs> it wasn't like a splash. It was it was your second most prominent color out of three. Okay. I sorry. wouldn't say it was a splash, but it wasn't also it also wasn't a primary color. <laughs> you were like white, medium green, splash black. Like for, for uh, uh, double black demon. Yeah, for Herald of Anguish. Okay. Yeah. So basically, what ended up happening was. Like, obviously, you can't build three decks of two people effectively. Just the, the sheer amount of time is just not possible. So, like, I, I boarded into a green-white, like, solid deck most of my matches, and I finished the day six and three, so um, pretty positive, and we ended up seven and two. And to wrap up our wonderful weeks of team events, Brian, can you tell us how day two went? Just to, I mean, again, we went 0-3 last week, so luckily this week it couldn't go the same. Yeah, so we, we, we get there day two, we open our pool. It's it's, it's pretty weak uh, pool overall. We end up building... Um, Sheehan had about like a 7 out of 10 green-black deck. Uh, Pascal had this red-white deck that was maybe like 5 to 6 out of 10. Uh, not super great. And then I, I had the dregs. Uh, we had a really, really weird pool because the power level, level of our sealed pool was like super, super low. Like we had a way better pool on day one. Um, but I ended up playing this, like, Jeskai deck where, like, every card in my deck was, like, a 23rd card or worse. Um, but except for I had two Felidar Guardians, a Saheeli Rai, and a Platinum Angel masterpiece, so... Oh, the deck was nice. Oh, was awesome. a... That deck was also a masterpiece. Yeah, it couldn't win a match, but it was nice. So, let's fast forward, actually, to your... our winning in round, because this tournament was small. So, we were... Uh, ten and or X and th- uh, nine and three, and no, we, two were, we were nine and two. Nine and two, nine and two. Thank you. We're nine yeah, and two. We, we were nine and two, and because of how tiny the tournament was, um, X three one was going to make top four. So actually, we were just in an identical spot to where we were in uh, San Antonio, where if we just we have to win one of the next two rounds to top four, uh, and. We ended up losing all three again in in really demoralizing fashion. So uh, I I basically ran ice like I ran cold as ice. I basically could not draw a good hand or series of cards to save my life. Mulligan almost every hand, just flooding out or mana screwing every single game like I could just could not have like a a decent draw and I was actually winning some of the games where I had like reasonable draws like I 
I, I had like two or three reasonable draws, and I actually was like winning those games. Like my deck was capable of winning. Yeah, like against Huey round one when we played uh, Peach Garden Oath, we your, yeah. your hands were they weren't great, but they you were able to play lands and spells, so you were milling them out real nice, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, one of my other game plans was I had one of the 1-2 for 1 mana that mills 3 for energy, and I definitely, uh, I I milled out Huey, uh, or basically he conceded to, with two cards in his deck, um, and then I almost had Jason Chung milled out, but he he drew an ice over to, to keep it off, but yeah, it was, it was a work of art, and, uh, we ended up um, yeah, we ended up losing all three, which is again disappointing. Actually, the biggest disappointment for me was um, LSV's power ranking article. That's what did it. Yeah, so That's we what had. Did it. You know, we're we're a team like Shaheen, myself, and Pascal. Maybe not on um, like <sighs> pro tour results or whatever. Like we may, we may not have the best results in that arena. But we're actually like a really good team, and um, pretty. I think we're pretty underrated as far as teams go. Uh, we've now played. We've now played three team events uh, where we have a top four, and we've lost four win-ins in the other ones. So pretty good results. But L- LSV had us like basically bottom drag uh, in his in his team ranking. Um, so I was I was on a mission to prove him wrong. Yeah. Um, I I, I, w- I wouldn't say I was angry, but I certainly like pulled off the angry persona. I even I even went for a fresh shave of the head so yeah. I could be bald and angry, which is an yeah, important yeah. combination. Yeah, we we tried that, and I, I really thought the bald and angry was going to like at least result in a few percentage points. But yeah, you know, like I, I think it maybe angered the LSV ranking like God system. And, yeah. I mean, tell us about, before we go on the next subject, tell us about your game. Uh, game three, uh, win and end situation. You win your match, we, we win the round. Um, you're on game two, though, actually, I lied. So game two. So yeah, you still have to win game, game two. Well, first of all, I lost a very disgusting game one where I was, like, astronomically far ahead and just drew horrendously bad for very many turns to lose. Like, I thought I basically couldn't lose the first game, and all I had to do is draw Sahili, one of my two Felidar Guardians, or Platinum Angel, and all four of them. And I had the, the, the three-mana artifact that scries for three mana. So I was even scrying through my deck a little bit, and all, all four of those cards were in the bottom ten of my deck after scrying a couple times. So that was that was kind of a disgusting way to lose. And then this game, I end up I keep this hand, and I have... Uh, he's playing like this blue-white deck, so he has no interaction at instant speed, really. And I have turn two aviary mechanic, turn three Sahili, and I have two Felidar Guardians in my hand. Perfect mana, white, blue, red. And uh, obviously I missed my fourth land drop, so... <laughs> of course. Yeah, so, so basically it was the worst-case scenario. I missed my fourth land drop, so I can't combo him out. And um, I also didn't even need the fourth land drop because I could minus Sahili on Aviary Mechanic, pick a land back up, replay it, and play Felidar Guardian. So I didn't even need the fourth land, except he played exactly a two-mana flyer, which as long as he doesn't exactly... There's only one of those. There's only one of those in the format. 
Yeah, two. I mean, there's two, but there's only one that's big enough to do anything. Yeah, yeah, there's two. It has to be a two-mana, two-power flyer. Yeah, Correct. there's only one of those in the format. It's that stupid uh, uh, Skyship Plunderer. So, he, he, of course, he has that on two, gets to attack my Sahili down to two, and then I'm still fine um, because I can tick Sahili up to three and, and go for the combo the next turn, except he then follows it up with a three-mana flyer as well. I end up bricking off a couple uh, on, on my fourth land a few times and just have to, like, bend my Sahili and go on to end up losing. And it was just... Just everything that happened in that game was disgusting. Like, he had to have the two-mana flyer. I had to just miss, like, on my fourth land a bunch of times, even playing, like, extra lands in my deck, so that didn't happen, like... And you even have removal you could have drawn, too. Yeah, he could also draw, like, three or four pieces of removal that I could have drawn, too. It was just... Everything that happened there was, was, was really disgusting, but... Yeah, I and I, I think, like you said, you know, the LSV ranking system, I think, is really funny, and it sparks, like, some uh, healthy competition outside of, uh, you know, the old um, community that, like, you know, gauges their worth on those rankings. Like, we, we really saw those, and we're like, yeah, we know we're better than that. We might not have the resume, uh, especially, like, me on the team, but I play enough, I'm active enough in the game and immerse enough in the game where, like, when these older players that just come out of the woodworks to play, I know we're going to finish better than they are. Mainly because we're just so, like, this is this year, especially for me, and, you know, every year compounding for you, and especially, especially you and Pascal, you're putting yeah. so much more effort into the game these days that when the, when the old heads are, you know, ranked so high just because of, like, uh, accomplishments back in the day, there just doesn't mean that they have prepared like we are or they have the team synergy like we have so you know it's it's definitely i feel like we were a little bit under ranked um but you know it, it sucks because it was just so we were like a, a a hair away from like proving those wrong uh we had some small mistakes like pascal in the unified modern event uh was this is this is great too i'm going to just mention this for like a minute and a half he spent the entire uh, middle of the our winning round before the winning round describing how Elspeth, Sun's champion, was the greatest planeswalker in standard history, and uh, you know, described how it kills everything, it wins the game, and it creates blockers. It's so good. And then we he turns to me in our match. Fast forward about thirty minutes. He goes, "I forgot Elspeth minus, and he killed my Ember <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then. And then fast forward to our last round, and oh, God. You, got, you guys ended up taking a line of play that, that I didn't agree with. We betrayed the Brondoon, and before that, we uh, uh, sealed our, our doom. And there's more disgusting stuff to that, too. We were discussing uh, best practices for our opponent out loud. Um, uh, there was a lot of things that went wrong that round. Yeah, it was it was awful. See, once we were at a top four, I think you know I don't know what happened. This that was the the punishment from the heavens to just you know. Oh, I didn't um, get man. I, I wanted that last one really bad, but I wanted too. No, I, I'm not saying we we tanked it. I'm saying like just just <laughs> of course we have to just go out of our way to just doofus our way to lose there. <laughs> like, well, I just want to say that the last round was funny because like you and Pascal took a line of play and Pascal later was like, I would have never taken that line of play if I remember that Elspeth had an ultimate. So yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he spent like a while telling us about how Elspeth was just the best standard planeswalker ever. And then two matches in a row just doesn't remember what Elspeth does. And we lose. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and you know what the weird thing is too, because Pascal, out of the three of us, I mean, we're all pretty good, and you're very, really good. And he he's probably one of the he's known for like his technical play. Like he's a really good technical player. So like <laughs> Pascal is both the best and worst of us. Yeah. Like my 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 experience with Pascal is that he's like he's a very streaky player, and when he's on, like he is insanely good. And, like, he, he can't be touched. Like, I remember when we were going to Sao Paulo, I, I remember saying something to Shaheen, like, Pascal just recently top eight at a GP. He's on, like, he's on his heater. Like, we're going to do really well in this tournament. And yeah, that's, like, man, that's exactly cold. what happened. It's kind of cold in those events. But, yeah, you know, it's it, we, we just needed a little bit. We, we need to send him to, like, a pre-release the weekend before an F&M or something. <laughs> smash it and then uh, carry that momentum. I mean, yeah, I think so, Pascal actually played really well. I mean, he yeah, played no, that Pascal, deck really well. He did great. I mean, like, yeah. honestly, he picked up a deck with four days left and, like, played it to a, an X and two record. I mean, that's insane. Like, oh, that's yeah. just really good. Um, and, you know, there's uh, – there, we did a no-brainer rehash of our team for Cleveland. So, team events are awesome. Um, they're great. And I think when you find some uh, group that you, you mesh with – Barring some, you know, awful, horrendous luck avoiding there, some bad luck avoidance there, I think we can, uh, we're going to do fine the next time. Yeah. Um, all right, so, second topic. Uh, the Pro Tour is coming up. Yeah. We have, uh, it's very exciting. Uh, full set was spoiled uh, about a week ago, and we have already, my, I know my team has already hit the dirt, uh, you know, where we are down in there brewing, creating, crafting, um, and I'm just going to go basically a two-prong here. I'm going to just mention what we do. Um, my team is Lingering Souls, and Lingering Souls had a big splash in the last Pro Tour where we were basically all the scraps left over. We Our team of six were just people qualified for two Pro Tours, not all three. And we just uh, added everyone together, and we're like, you know what, we might as well. It's a free thing. Might as well, you know, see what we can do. So we had these T-shirts made for like 10 bucks. Uh, threw together, we didn't play together at all, and just kind of showed up with our own thing with very minimal communication. Fast forward, uh, Donald Smith top eights the Pro Tour, Travis Wu finishes in a decent place, uh, Chris Vanell finishes okay, I get an extra pro point. All of a sudden, we're fourth in the rankings for the official Pro Tour rankings. Um, so now, we decided to take it seriously. So we went out and we dug up a sponsor, and our sponsor is The Man. He is awesome. Uh, he runs a group called Quality Beast. You can find him at underscore Quality Beast on Twitch, one word, and underscore Quality Beast on Twitter. Uh, we have some beautiful swag hoodies and polos coming in with the Quality Beast emblem um, with Lingering Souls, a new art, refinished uh, symbol for it. We are now a full testing team with a testing house. Uh, Brian David Marshall is going to come up to us with the Watsi crew on uh, Tuesday and do a little bit on us. And, um, you know, we basically went from, started from the bottom, and now we're kind of there, here. Is that how it goes? <laughs> you're somewhere. Anyways, you start from somewhere, the bottom, now you're in the middle. We're, we're definitely somewhere. We're not yeah. at the bottom anymore. So I'm really excited about this because, you know, I'm, I'm the team captain mainly by uh, just being the organiz- like the organizer for it. So it's really, really exciting. And, also, you're um, the oldest, most lingering of the souls. I am. I am the most lingering of the like, souls. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, actually, we're getting a team set of tokens that we'll be giving out as well. And you're, Are you, you finally know, getting your lingering I'm souls token? finally getting my lingering souls token. Woo! Stoked. 
and we're not going to go into ever going to the story of why I didn't get a token because <laughs> I work for a wonderful company that I will not rehash that. But just know that I have uh, had one a long time coming, and um, I'm really happy to get one. It's going to be cool. How about your team? Tell us a little bit about the team that has the the glory of being with the the bride. <laughs> All right, I'm on I'm on team top level, and um, kind of a lot like like Shaheen's team. We kind of formed late. Um, I had was trying to be part of uh, this other team that we were looking to form, but everything fell through at the end. Uh, so I ended up uh, Craig Wesco approached me uh, with joining team top level. Uh, and he had assembled a lot of actually really, really strong players, uh, kind of a mismatch, like kind of mismatch. We, we don't really have any real like cohesion as a unit, but uh, a lot of like really uh, high pedigree of players. It was um, it's myself, Craig Wesco, Mike Ron, who won a pro tour a long time ago, one of the best limited players in the world. Uh, Patrick Chapin, uh, Dan Lanthier, uh, one of Canada's kind of up-and-coming players, and uh, Raf Levy, who uh, I think has played the most pro tour pro tours of anybody ever. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it's a pretty pretty sweet team. Um, I'm actually. Uh, prior to joining this team, I had um, made a commitment to test with a different group of players. So I'm actually not testing with top level. Uh, I've been testing with basically Team Genesis, uh, which is like the Brad Nelson, Michael Majors, um, you know, Martin Mueller, Martin Dang, etc. Some of some of those guys. Uh, I've been testing with that team. Uh, Luke, let's say I try to remember Lucas Blohan and Seth Manfield are the other two on that team. So that's. That's the squad I've been testing with, and I'm excited for this time because we're going to be testing in beautiful, sunny Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, God. What a, what a beautiful location. Oh, Shaheen's been to Roanoke on, on a few occasions. Yeah, Roanoke is a uh, cesspool. Sorry. We continue. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're testing in Roanoke, which means I get to stay at my own house, which it's really hard to express how amazing that is. That um, is that I am very jealous of. Yeah, like, it it may seem glamorous and amazing to travel to, like, all these exotic places and play in pro tours, and I'm not trying to, like, disparage that and say that it's not, like, you know, fun or exciting or, or cool to travel these places, but somebody like myself, like, I, I'm very introverted, which I don't know if people know that, um, but, like, I, I'm just a very introverted person, and if I'm staying in an apartment with 11 other dudes for two weeks, like, it really destroys me inside. Like, I, I can't do it. It, it. Like, I just start to get to the point where I, I'm, like, losing my mind. I need just some time alone to, like, you know, kind of relax and let myself kind of recharge. So being able to just have that time to get go to my apartment and just relax is going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, and for people that just get on the Pro Tour for their first, second time, like, that's when the travel high hits you, even if you're, like, introverted or extroverted. Like, going to these places, you spend extra days off, and, like, you travel and all that. Once you do it, like, you know, a bunch of times, just anything else with, like, diminishing returns. Like, the, the Pro Tour experience will never be, like, taken away from me. Like, I'm always stoked about it. But the travel uh, wears on you. It's just like anyone who travels for, like, an occupational reason. Like, they eventually are like, oh, my God, you know, you just need time to, like, 
recharge your batteries and like relax so that's pretty cool and um you know that's why i don't mind the pro tour being in tennis uh nashville this time around to get me a recharge so i don't have to like you know get that jet lag and uh for those who don't know the last pro tour i arrived the day of and just walked into the pro tour and started playing that was a huge mistake um so you're one, getting really you're getting really used to just arriving the day of <laughs> yeah it's done uh, it's done pretty well for me i actually 3-0'd that draft of the pro tour is pretty sweet that is true yeah defeated uh the uh the rich hoen the uh the legend you know yeah awesome. very very good uh, very proud of myself so you know those are our teams and i like i mentioned my sponsor is quality beast and please check him out and he's a great designer and he's going to be getting into the magic content uh it's gonna be great all right so while testing for these pro tours while testing with genesis for you and lingering souls for me we have to take in consideration these bannings that may or may not happen on monday now i think that there is an absolute zero percent chance they don't ban something where in the last banning announcement i was very confident that they should have banned these cards and i kind of got made fun of for selling my sahili as yoel larson posted a tweet of me saying this is here without comment you know just to make fun of me um you know, I said that the bannings were, they had to happen uh, eventually. So people made fun of me. They had a good laugh. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't mind. I get laughed at for, you know, various reasons. I mean, you laugh at me, you know, for a multitude of reasons. I don't mind. I think uh, it's good I'm still laughing at you for Preordan. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I said Preordan was unplayable. Um, wait, is this on the record? Was that off the record? This, that, that, was, that was off the record. This is oh, off God. the record. You don't have to, don't have to worry about anything you say here, Shane. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Preordain is very – it was unplayable in standard. <sighs> okay, so, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> so this banning on Monday is – I think is a, a mandatory evil that's going to have to be done. The precedent is terrible. Banning cars like this in standard is terrible. Um, but their choice is that – or they might as well not have released the Amicus set, uh, you know, because this top eight for the Pro Tour would be, if I had to predict the Pro Tour, a no bannings top eight Pro Tour, I would say no less than 50% of the Pro Tour, or pro- I would say like five out of eight decks would be Mardu slash Sahili. That's the minimum. That's conservative. Um, yeah, I think that's conservative. Yeah, I think that I said originally joking around that five would be Mardu and three would be Sahili. Um I think that the Pro Tour is a spot where, you know, that might not be the case because of the six rounds of limited. So if somebody has a decent 7-3 run with their, you know, whatever deck they use that they kind of came up with to beat those two decks, even if it was like 50% against them, they could breach through. But like if it was like a Grand Prix where you have a 15 round of one format, um, I would say it would be like a full top end of that. So I think the bannings are coming. Um, What do you think? Uh, I wouldn't say you said there's zero percent chance they don't ban something. I think that's a, a little a little extreme. Um, I think that I, I think well, one thing I want to just extremely briefly touch on is I don't like how they wait an extra week to give us this announcement. Um, they should they should really as soon as they drop the set, they drop it on fr- they dropped it on Friday. The next Monday they should give the ban announcement, so there's only a three day break because right now people are kind of in limbo like. I'm brewing up decks, my team is testing with stuff, but, like, how much of it's going to matter? Because we're all brewing and, and testing with, like, Mardu vehicles and um, and four-color Sahili in mind, but if they ban some of those decks, like, that changes everything, and it kind of invalidates a lot of the work that we do. So um, it's, kind of, it's kind of a frustrating thing for, like, 
content producers and uh, pro tour testing and even just like regular players too, you know, trying to test yeah. new cards out and stuff. And it's just, that's looming over us. So uh, I, I think they're going to, I think it's, they're going to ban Feldar Guardian, but I think it's like, I would give it 50% on whether they do or don't. But that that's the card that I want them to ban Felidar and nothing else. I could also see banning Gideon, but I think that that would create a lot of negativity because Gideon's worth a lot of money. It's a mythic. And if if a deck like Mardu Vehicle stops being a deck because they ban Gideon, like that's a there's a lot of money in that deck. That deck's super expensive. So anyone who's like invested, you know, the three hundred to five hundred dollars it costs to build that deck. Uh, and they banned Gideon. They, they, those players lose out on all that investment, oh, yeah. assuming that like those cards don't end up seeing play elsewhere. Like some of them probably will. Like you're gonna Heart of Kieran's just so good that it's gonna see some play somewhere. But you know you could lose a lot of value on that deck, and that, that's gonna cause a lot of people to not want to ever play Standard again. Um, kind of lose faith in the format. Whereas you ban Felidar Guardian, which is probably necessary for the health of of the format, and then you get into you know what? What are we losing from that deck? That's that's that deck's actually a pretty cheap deck. Um, yeah. not, nothing's, nothing's expensive in that deck. Mostly, a lot of it's commons, uncommons, um, and a lot of those cards are gonna still see play in other decks. Like I can't imagine that a tune with the Aether or like Sylvan or um, Servant of the Conduit like are not gonna see other play elsewhere. Like Chandra sees a lot of play elsewhere and stuff too. I mean, it's just. Yeah. And the mana base is going to see play. Like blue-green Fastlands and blue-red, especially even in older formats, like those cards are always going to get played. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I don't think there's going to be that many people who are like, they banned Felidar Guardian, I'm quitting Standard. Like, people kind of know that that's the thing that's going to happen. You know what the issue is? I want to ask you a question about that, just to yeah. interject. And I'm, uh, this one I'm going to lead to you. Um, so I think that well, there's an issue right now, because people have already quit Standard, and they're like, this is like coming from across the nation. I don't know yeah. about in the world. Like, right now, like, standard events, and I was talking to Oliver, too, on Twitter. Like, they were giving away, like, a stream with, like, free, like, uh, prizes for, like, a standard event and a uh, shop that they're streaming, and no one should, it didn't even fire. Uh, standard events in my area, and I have, like, seven uh, game stores in my area are having issues firing. Um, this, this events all around the country are at all-time, like, call blade, like, lows. Yeah. Um, so I think, like... I, I think that even if they make people mad with a banning of Feldar Guardian, even if those people say, well, I'm not going to play Standard anymore, I don't think... I think the people returning to Standard might offset it. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Magic players have a really short memory. They they have both a long memory and a short memory. Like, Magic players will remember every time they're wronged, but they will always forget the things that they said that were wrong that later... You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, yeah. It, you know, if you if you it's say, like, this card will never see play, and then obviously, and then it ends up being really good, like, you always forget that you said that at some point, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Think about it like this, too. Like, when you have a bad beat, like, when we didn't draw our fourth land there to go to top four, the Grand Prix, get me on the last Pro Tour, make my life great, maybe not really sad, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. So when you didn't do that, um, I remember that. It stings. Like, that Humble the Brute in Sao Paulo in the top four. That stings. Like, yeah. how many times have we savaged our opponent from a top deck <laughs> oh holy time <laughs> oh yeah and, uh, you don't remember those people don't remember or actually actively like recall the times that they like top deck or, or keep the one lander and hit it and 
you remember the times that you get burned. So, like, people are going to remember how Wizards burned them this time with the bannings uh, yeah. or got them out. So, yeah, you're absolutely. But but here's the thing, though. Like, people will come back. If, like, the, the way to fix the that issue of, like, um, attendance being low is just if people are saying, wow, standard's really fun right now. Like, people will come back for that. So, like, if they can just... If they can just get a standard format that's fun for, like, a couple of months, which lately they have been really failing at at, at that. Um, and, I, I mean, I've written a bunch of articles. Actually, I've written, like, three articles about this. And I don't want to re- – we've talked about this on the podcast, too. I don't want to rehash all those reasons. Like, I think – I mean, I have a lot of ideas for how they could fix standard. And I'm sure some of them are wrong. I'm not, like, a game developer or whatever. I've just played a ton of Magic and know – you know, I have a little bit of understanding of what formats were good and bad and so forth and what I think made them good and bad. But they just need to really, like, change kind of their design strategies right now. And I, I think they can just go – I think they can make another standard format that's fine. So Yeah, I think it, we're coming up to uh, – after this Pro Tour, we're coming up to a shift in standard, you know, the next one coming around. So I think that's when – the, the final Pro Tour in the summertime in Japan will be the last one before rotation, right? Makes sense. The what? The standard in Japan? Yeah, I think that's the last Pro Tour before rotation. Yeah, then Battle finally rotates out, yeah. Yeah, so then we'll have, uh, you know, if, if they don't fix it here, then they'll fix it there. Okay, so that kind of, like, answered our final part of the Pro Tour. Like, we wanted to touch on, like, the testing, how he tests. I find it interesting that you test with Marty Vehicles and uh, Sahili Combo, because we actually, as a team... Um, decided that those two decks just won't exist in the same fashion due to the bannings so it's, it's basically based so we're all taking guesses and if they actually told us what was being banned like you said on that monday would have made like everyone's life from the casual player who wants to buy on ebay his uh pull from tomorrow's and just not your her or buy her like you know sahili's because you know it's not going to get banned like for these people that want those cards like this is a really big like inconvenience and actually just kind of like a financial blunder on the part of wizards so i think that um in the future they should definitely if they make a mistake by printing this combo and know it's a problem at least and they're going to stick to their guns and not ban anything at least give us an immediate uh announcement because the one they gave last time was very embarrassing um i'm not going to rehash into that too much but uh, you remember their team or tower announcement of why Bannings didn't need to happen the last time around. Oh, I remember. I'm like, I'm like the Pepperidge Farm of Teamer Tower, baby. <laughs> it's like the format's fine, Teamer Tower. I'm like, all right. Well, nobody has actually tested this. <laughs> anyway, so let's go to our last topic. All right, the Watsy announcement. So um, we have uh, a lot of exciting things happening. This set, Emmaquet set, is sweet i love it i love pull from tomorrow i love the uh drake haven there's so many fantastic control cards that i just can't even like get over it like there's a cycle exile disenchant i mean can, do you know how good that card is cycle discard uh, disenchant it's just fantastic it's oh i know great so like all these cards for are really exciting but of course right in the same mix of things we have an announcement that's going to stir the drama pot. So um, I'm just going to mention the Watson announcement. I'm going to have you give us uh, uh, your professional opinion on it. Okay. So stores, or excuse me. So Watson announced that uh, uh, people that host RPTQs can charge, may charge an entry fee 
um, for the regional Pro Tour qualifier. So if people that play in the uh, preliminary Pro Tour qualifier already play it, already pay an entry fee, and you're basically qualifying to another tournament to pay another fee to qualify for the Pro Tour. So that's like one of the pieces of the announcements that changed the uh, Pro Tour top eight structure back to the old ways, old system, but with a modified pay uh, structure in the top eight. So instead of having that weird, uh, um, you know, testing uh, top eight where you had to play uh, an elimination round, um, they would go back to the old style. So that's pretty cool. But they have uh, a new money system uh, that scales from fifth to eighth. And um, give us your give us your breakdown of these, like uh, how you feel about them, and uh, we'll discuss it. Um, okay. So yeah, I guess the first thing I want to talk about is the. Um the RPTQ thing, where now now stores can char- can charge an entry fee for RPTQs. Um, so I want to say that this is a, a, just a super negative change. Like players are already paying, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how much twenty five dollars, twenty bucks, something like that to play in PTQs uh, or PPTQs at their local stores, and then. Uh, I mean, how many of those do you have to play before you win one? It's probably, you know, for a really good player, maybe like a couple. For um, a pretty good player, though, maybe you have to play like four or five or more. And sometimes, maybe sometimes you don't even get there. You know, Magic's a lot of variance in Magic. Um, before you finally win this PPTQ and you get to play the RPTQ, you've already invested like maybe $100 or more in entry fees. And a lot of these tournaments, you know, have pretty pretty weak prizes and stuff. So, you know, you're not really getting a, a big return on that investment. And even the RPTQ itself doesn't have cash prizes. So whatever they charge you for entry, there's no real way to recoup that. Um, you're going to be getting, like, a box of prizes or something. And, like, that maybe, you know, maybe covers the cost of entry. You also get the promo, which is pretty good, too. And that might cover the cost of entry a little bit as well. But... The thing, so I mean, I just think it's 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 kind of a negative. It's actually a really big negative for players uh, who are trying to grind this new system because a lot of players already don't like the P, the RPTQ system, and being able to get this promo and have a free RPTQ is like f- some of the small good things that are part of the system for players. And uh, now they just don't don't have that anymore. Um, Let me ask you about the elephant in the room. For okay. This, like- so Wizards obviously didn't do this to, uh, you, know, you know, just to be an evil entity to destroy the confidence of the consumer. Right. They did it because, like, stores um, were losing, like, a significant amount of money paying staff and judges to host these events um, without receiving reimbursement. So um, what, what would be a suggestion? What, what could we do as, you know, Wizards, you know, uh, advisors here to kind of help uh, uh, like solve the problem for stores losing money without putting the burden on the players. Well, so basically, um, like I feel like an an, an invite only event should be free. So they should find a way to do it in a way that's that's free. Like if you get invited to play in a tournament, you shouldn't have to also pay an entry fee. Um, for that, that's just my my two cents on that. So I feel like. This should have been worked out between the stores and Watsi without ever involving the player. And like from a store perspective, like I in no way am I faulting it. Like if a store charges like fifty bucks or something, 
Like, I'm not faulting that store and saying, like, wow, those greedy bastards, you know, trying to steal the money. Like, the store, if the store's not making profit off of the RPTQs, which, I, I mean, it's really easy to see that they wouldn't because nobody's paying an entry fee, and a lot of these players are probably barely buying any cards, or bar- some of them are limited, no, people aren't buying any cards, um, and they're not making any money at all running this tournament. Um, so I understand, like, why the store needs to, to get something out of it, but it just 100% should have been, Watsy should have just reimbursed the stores, like... Like, Watsy should, like, and I don't know how much of this is Watsy and how much is Hasbro, like, controlling their budget, but, like, it it's really, I think, bad faith to say um, that you, basically what they said is, like, um, you know, we feel bad about it. It's not exactly what they said. They said uh, they did not make the change lightly. You know, like, which basically says, like, you know, we, we we thought about it. We feel bad that we're making players pay. But that that's just, to me, that's kind of like, like, I would rather than just not even say that at all. Kind of, I, I feel like that kind of stings, you know, to say yeah, something like that. Salt in the wound. Like, yes. you know, salt hey, in the I mean, wound. It's, it, it's like saying no offense and then saying something offensive. Yeah, yeah. And, so, I mean, I, I just think that they should have ate and ate, like, how many RPTQs do they run a season? I think there's like 37 is what they said. Yeah. So, I mean, they should eat, like, I mean, how much do they have to pay the stores? Probably not that much, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things. They should have just eaten that cost themselves. You know, and, and there's so many ways around it. I, I, you know, I'm not a tax expert, so but I don't know, like, the actual, like, fine print behind it. I know there's an issue with them, like, actually giving money for, like, judge costs. I know that could create a whole issue. But, like... Look at it this way, and maybe this is, this, again, maybe this is just like uh, you know, the optimist side of me, right? You know, they buy all this product from Wizards. They buy all these boxes and, and you know, like support product for just their everyday, day-to-day process. Like, even if Wizards gives them an ample, like, supply of this to run this RPTQ, like, I think that Wizards doesn't use their printed money in a wise fashion, and I think we mentioned this on the last podcast, where even for people in the Grand Prix that make have an X and uh, four record, I think that they should receive some kind of booster proc instead of getting nothing after you know two full days of Magic. I think the same thing can go for stores where they can just provide that store with that host an RPDQ incentive based on discounts on boxes, like they get discounted product or just an additional amount of product for them to run you know the next couple events at their store. I mean, it wouldn't take a whole lot per store, like you said. I mean, how many events do they run? And, like, it's just not that much. This is stuff that they print. This is this cardboard stock that they are putting their beautiful, wonderful, great game designs on. And I think they can use that more, uh, you know, uh, diligently there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually a really good idea. I didn't I didn't think about that. And then I, I, I agree with you. They have all these – they have this product. You know, they used to pay – they used to give judges judge foils, which kind of served as, like, de facto payments – um, you know, they could, they could work out a deal with these companies to give them product to kind of cover the expenses and some make it profitable for stores to run RPTQs and like leave the players out of it basically. Like, yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, well, um, I think we covered it today. I, I want to leave on one note. I want to ask you one question <clears throat> this is what we're going to kind of sign off as if there's one card from Amicit that you think players should 
buy. If you think one card that players should uh, invest in, not just for value, but maybe just for like playability. Um, the reason why I, I'm gonna go first because like there's a card that I think that that when I first saw it, of course I was very excited, but like after playing with it and Pro Tour testing. Uh, there's no secret that Pull From Tomorrow is a card that is going to revolutionize Control and Standard for the next year. And it is not Sphinx's Revelation, but it is pretty darn close. <laughs> so that's going to be my suggestion to my Control friends out there. And if you have to keep Radio Silence, I understand that I'll give it another one instead. Um, but that's the card I want to shoot out there for, for my friends listening here. Pull from tomorrow. Pick your setup. Card is great. Uh, controls back, baby. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, maybe an odd one for myself based on how I play Magic, but um, I'm gonna go with actually the Red God Hazret the Fervent. Um, it's it is the currently the cheapest of all the gods. Maybe that's changed in, since I last looked at it a couple days ago. Uh, but it's the least expensive of all the gods, and I think it is easily the best. So I don't know how much these gods are going to see play, uh, or or necessarily like you know which gods are going to see play. Um, and I, I I'll say that I've tested zero games with Hazaret. I just from looking at the card, it, it just looks like um, the gods that are going to be the best are the ones that are easiest to turn on, and I think the red one is the easiest to turn on, and that's why it's going to be the best. So. Yeah, I agree. I actually saw a uh, well, I was playing uh, the the beta on MTGO and saw uh, Red Green Madness deck with that, and it was doing some crazy fun things. So um, I don't even think you need to do like Matt. Like, I I mean I think you could just play it with like Lightning Axe, Fiery Temper, uh, Key to the City, and call it a day. Like you don't have to do crazy stuff. Like get the cards out of your hand, man. Just do it. Burn them down. All right. Well. Uh, I think this is a great cast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, it was a pleasure as always, and we are stoked and excited for this Pro Tour. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode of MTG Off the Record. Uh, this is Shaheen Srani and Brian Brondouin signing out. No, Shaheen. The pleasure was all mine. Cut. <laughs> this, are we still off the record here? Right. Yeah, we're off the record. Cut.